Come on, Potential Church. Where are we at? 1045. Looking good. You may be seated. Thank you for that. That means, that means a lot. Um, I, love, I love this house. I love this church. And I love our pastors. Come on, some, we have the best pastors in the world. Let's make some noise for pastors Troy and Steph. You could do better than that, church. Come on. I've been under Pastor Troy's leadership for about 16 years. I've been at this church for 27 years. I grew up right in this place with the kids ministry and the youth ministry. And I'm so thankful I get the honor to be up here today. If you were wondering, like, what's going on? These guys got floaties with gooses. It's, it's the youth ministry, the kids ministry. It's next gen takeover weekend. We're taking over this place. So I hope you're ready. And uh, I, I love youth ministry. I love uh, partnering with the young people to reach their God potential. I love kids ministry. It's awesome. If you have a kid and you're a youth, you need to check out our ministries. You need to go. You need to be a part of our ministries because it's the best time that you can experience. Come on, someone. Like, when you go over there, you, could, you might meet your wife. You might meet good friends. So, parents, I encourage you to put them into their ministries and sign them up for camp. Man, I'm so excited about camp this year for our kids and our youth camp. It's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. God moves when we take teenagers out of their environment, we take their phones away, and they can focus on Jesus. Amen? Come on. So sign them up. I just want to thank right now, I just want to thank all the Temple Centurions in the house. If we got any Temple Centurions in the house, come on, make some noise. I want to thank you. I know Pastor Troy's been talking about the third uh, a, a pillar, the point right there of us remodeling the youth building. And you're going to see a lot of us over here because we're going to be remodeling the youth building. So go check that out, man. It beca it's because of your giving, your generosity that we're reaching the next generation. Because if we're, if we're not going to be loud about our faith and tell them, someone else is going to be loud about it. Right? So thank you so much for pouring in to the next generation and giving and being generous. I'm so excited that we get to partner with the young people. And if you're young here today, you need to be in your service. 1230, we usually have a service, so you got to get there. Um, but we got a special guest we got to welcome. We got to welcome our iCampus. Come on, let's make some noise for our iCampus. I got a special camera up here. It's a 360 camera. You didn't see the videos on YouTube? You like turn it 360. So if you want to check out this teaching 360, check out our, our YouTube page. It's awesome. So if I go around this and stuff like that, just don't worry. It's not an alien. It's not an alien. It's good. It's, we're all good. So it's just a camera up here. So I'm so excited. Who's ready to dive into the word of God? Come on, someone. I, I'm the type of, uh, of speaker that likes crowd participation. So are you ready, crowd? Okay, good. So... You have to warn your neighbor because if you get kind of crazy in here and you get very excited, your neighbor doesn't want to be like looking at you like, what's wrong with these people? So you got to get to know your neighbor. So I want you right now to turn to your neighbor and say, you look really good today. Come on, do it. All right, now, now you turn to your other neighbor that you neglected because you picked someone first. What's wrong with you? And say, I'm sorry, but you look really, really good today. Come on, say it. Turn to the other neighbor. Come on. Hopefully you went to, if you're married, hopefully you went to your wife or husband first. I do not want to cause relationship drama in the house, okay? Now turn the person behind you and say, I've been praying all week that I would sit in front of you and you would look at the back of my head. Come on. 
Now, now you know. Now you know these peeps. So now you're going to turn up. You're going to turn up in the house right here. If you have your Bible, I'm going to dive into a story in Genesis. It's the first book of the Bible. And I, and I love this story because this story is about Joseph. Anyone named Joseph in here? What's up, Joe? How you doing? And Joseph was 17 years old and he had a dream. He had a dream that his brothers would bow down. And I love this story because I think we have some people in here today who've had a dream and they've given up on that dream. I, I think some people have walked in here and they had a, a dream that God has given them and, and maybe you've given up on that. Maybe you said, I don't want to do that anymore because something happens in your life and you've given up. What's good is Joseph was the guy where he had a dream. And then what happened was his dream didn't turn out the way he thought it would be. So I'm going to read this story, Genesis 37 too. It says, this is the story of Jacob. The story continues with Joseph, 17 years old at the time. Helping out his brothers and herding the flocks. These were his half-brothers actually. The sons of his father's wives, Bilhah and Zilpah. It's cool names right there. And Joseph brought his father bad reports on them. So imagine. You're Joseph's brothers, and, and they're telling on you. Like, you don't sell out, right? They're telling on you. So the brothers started to hate on Joseph. They're like, Joseph, man, why you always got to tell on us of being lazy? So, but Joseph said, you know what, I'm going to live by this way, and he went to his father. It went on to say that his father loved him so much, he loved Joseph, because his other sons were not a child of his old age, but Joseph was. And he made him an elaborately embroidered coat, kind of like this Kanye West coat right here. You know, he had fashion, right? He made, he loved them so much he made him a coat. When his brothers realized that their father loved him more than them, they grew to hate him. They wouldn't even speak to him. But Joseph had a dream. Turn your neighbor and say, I have a dream. Come on, turn your neighbor and say, I have a dream. Joseph had a dream. When he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said, listen to this dream I had. We were all out in the field gathering bundles of wheat. All of a sudden, my bundle stood straight up, and your bundle circled around it and bowed down to mine. His brother said, so you're going to rule over us? You're going to boss us around? And they hated him more than ever because his dreams and the way he talked about his dreams. See, it wasn't over here. Joseph had another dream. Joseph said, hey, I had another dream. I dreamed the sun and the moon, 11 stars bowed down to me. When he told it to his fathers and brothers, his father reprimanded him. Parents, can I get an amen? He reprimanded him. What's with all the dreaming, he said to Joseph. Am I and your mother and your brothers all supposed to bow down to you? Now his brothers were really jealous, but his father brooded over the whole business. See, he was a dreamer. So his brothers went on. They went on to go there, and Joseph went. He sent him off to the valley. And he went there to meet his brothers, and his brothers were so jealous. His brothers didn't understand the dream. They rejected Joseph, and they decided to plan to kill Joseph. They decided, oh, we're going to kill Joseph because if we kill Joseph, then we don't have to bow down to him because I don't know if this dream is going to come true. And by the time he got there, he had cooked, they all cooked up a plot to kill him. The brothers were saying, here comes that dreamer. Here comes that dreamer. Let's kill him and throw him into one of those old cisterns. It's like a water well with no water. It's like a pit. We can say that a vicious animal ate him up. We'll see what his dreams amount 
2. I want to read this verse in Psalms 105, 19. It says, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. See, I want to speak from a topic here today about what do we do when God has given us a dream and we feel like we're stuck in between the dream and the promise. See, what do we do when we feel like we're stuck in between? I titled this message, As I Walk Through the Valley. Anyone, any Coolio fans? As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Gangsta's paradise. Come on, somebody in church. You don't know about that. All the young people are like, what is that song? It ain't Drake. No, that's Coolio, homie. Right? As I walk through the valley. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever been in a hurry? Come on, people from Miami. Have you ever been in a hurry? Right? You're like you're trying to get somewhere and you got to go. Maybe you late, wake up late. Come on. Right? And you got to get to work. My mom is always in a hurry. I don't know if it's just her or because she's Puerto Rican. Like, I don't know why she's always in a hurry. Right? She's always trying to get somewhere. She's always in a hurry, but sometimes she shows up late. Right? So uh, we were in the airport the other day, and we're going, we're in the Atlanta airport. It's crazy, and my mom's just sprinting, like power walking. I'm like, what's going on? Like, mom, wait. Like, wait for us. She's in a hurry to get there. Man, I'm always, and I learned that from my mom, so, like, I'm always in a hurry, too. So I guess it's the Puerto Rican blood flowing through me. Come on, someone. Right, so I'm always in a hurry. So the other day, you know, I went to Chipotle. Anyone like Chipotle? I went to Chipotle, and you know at Chipotle there's always a line, right? There's always a line. It's around the, the door. It's out there. It's around the whole place. And I went there, and I'm like, man, I got to go to a meeting. I don't know if I can get my burrito, my chips and guac, and get there on time. But I'm hungry. So I, I, I want to get this food. So I'm like, okay, I'll wait in line. Let me wait in line. So I'm waiting in line. I'm like, Chipotle, Chipotle. But the, come on. Chipotle. Chipotle, right? I'm sitting there, and it's like 10, 20, 30 minutes go by, and I'm still in line. I'm like, what's going on here? I have a choice to make. Do I get out of line and go to payway? Or do I stay in line for the burrito? So I'm like, I'm going to stay in, I'm going to stay in line a couple of minutes. It, it didn't go, so I'm like, okay, I got I to gotta go. I'm going to be late to my meeting. So I get out of line. Right when I get out of line, the manager just comes out the door like this. <sighs> hey, I'm sorry for the wait. Since it was so long, I'm going to hook up everyone in the line with free burritos. But I just got out of line. I'm like, what about me? He's like, sir, you stepped out of line. I'm like, I need, I need a free burrito. He's like, sorry, sir. Everyone who is in line gets a free burrito. So I walked away hungry. I walked away stepping out of line. I missed out on the blessing of Chipotle. Come on, somebody. I missed out on the free burrito because I stepped out of line. I think most of us are like that with our dreams. Most of us are like that with the purpose that God has given us. See, we're in line and God says, wait, because I will get you there. We're in line and God says, don't get out of line. And what happens is we step out of line right before the glory of God is revealed in our life. See, we step out and God's saying, don't, go, don't give up. Don't quit. Stay in line. It might be a long line. And I think most of us have walked in here today and we stepped out of, out of line. We've given up on our dreams. We think our dream is dead and the purpose that God placed in our heart is dead. 
It's kind of like this. I'm going to illustrate this for you. I was doing some research um, on mountains and valleys. And and every mountain, between every two mountains, there's a valley. I'll draw this mountain. I'm not a good drawler, so don't laugh. It's really not that good. But this is you right here. The purpose that God has given you right up here. This is you. You're excited when you first get it, right? I'm excited about it. I'm going to start that business. I'm going to marry that hot guy. That hot girl, oh, you bless me. Come on, this is a good person. They know Jesus, yes, right? I, I, I want to get that promotion. And we're so excited. And this is the valley right here, and this is the other mountain. See, our purpose is over here. And God wants to get us to this point. But God does not always work in straight lines. See, most of us think sometimes that God works in straight lines, but he doesn't always work like that. And like with Joseph's story, Joseph was in a pit. His brothers hated him, and he was stuck in the valley. Most of us find ourselves right here today. We're stuck in the valley. I was doing some research, and they said a death zone is right up here in Mount Everest. Like if you reach this zone, the human body cannot control the atmosphere up here, so you have to prepare so what they do, the climbers, they come into the valley where it's called base camp. They train. They train for 40 days. They train there. They're training. They're getting ready. They're, they're working on their bodies. So when they go up the mountain, they will not die. Many people have died climbing Mount Everest, getting here to this death zone, and they die. And they die right up here because they're not prepared. They fall from the mountain. See, God wants you to be prepared and ready for the mountaintop. So if you're in the valley and you're saying, you know what, why can I see the mountaintop today? It's, it's not because God doesn't like you or God doesn't love you. God is trying to prepare you for the mountaintop. So when you get to the mountaintop, you will not fall. But the only way to come through and get to the mountaintop is you must fall to be tested by your character. See, just like Joseph tested his character. He was in the pit. He had a choice to make. Do I stay in this pit or do I get out of this pit? See, if you're here and you find yourself in a valley, I'm here to encourage you today. I'm here to encourage you today. The valley is only a setup for the mountaintop. And you might be in a valley today, but God wants to get you to the mountaintop. He wants to take you there. But most of us, sometimes we think, man, I just want to get there. We live in a YouTube generation. Let's post my video. I'm going to become famous overnight. Sometimes it doesn't work like that. Sometimes God's saying, hey, trust me. I'm going to take you through a valley to prepare you, to mold you. So when you get to the mountaintop, you will worship me up there and you won't fall. See, he wants to get you there. He wants to take you there. But you must trust his plan. See, Psalms, I love this verse right here in Psalms. 23, 4, it says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. See, if you believe that, then you know that a valley is only set up for a mountaintop. But most of us, sometimes we're committed to what is now. I mean, excuse me, sometimes we're committed to what is next before what is now. Sometimes we're always looking for the next thing when God says, be committed to where I have you now. 
Be committed where I placed you now. Be committed to the marriage now. Be committed to that job now. Sometimes we're always looking for what is next. And God says, if you focus on what I'm doing in your life now, I will do something for you in your life what's going to happen next. But most of us, we get distracted. We get distracted and we say, you know what? I'm just stuck in this valley. I'm stuck here today. Well, today's the day you're going to get out of this valley, and here's why. Because God has a purpose for you, and you were not just showed up on a shore. You came here on purpose for a purpose. His plan is still alive, and he said he's going to get you from that point. He will get you there, but you have to trust in him. You have to trust that his way is the best way. That no matter what valley you find yourself in, that you will get there. See, most scholars say this about Joseph. It took 15 to 17 years before he saw his dream fulfilled. 15 to 17 years before he saw his dream fulfilled. He was in the valley. He was in the valley. But you have to understand that the valley is only the setup. My question for you today is, are you willing to go through the valley to get to your purpose? Are you willing to go through the valley to get to where God has created you to be? If you are, you must understand three things. First, as I walk through the valley, as we walk through the valley, we will face rejection. We will face rejection. See, Joseph's brothers hated on him because of the dream he had. And most of us quit because we're rejected by what people say or even our family about the dream that God's placed in our hearts. So maybe we want to start that business. Maybe we want to get that promotion. We have these ideas. We share it with our family. We share it with our friends. And they're like, you can't do that. You can't be like that. Do you know where you grow, grew up? Do you know where you're from? You, can, you can't do that. So we get rejected by, our, by the people we love, and we get stuck in the valley. But you have to understand, rejection from man only means acceptance from God. See, you might be rejected by man, but you're accepted by God. And God says he will get you to that dream, but you have to understand you will face rejection. And just because you face rejection does not mean that it is over. Just because you face rejection and you're stuck in a valley does not mean that it is over. Because sometimes man's rejection is God's protection. Sometimes man's rejection is God's protection. He's trying to protect you from something. He's saying you're not ready for this yet. You need to mold yourself, build yourself. You need to grow before I can get you to the mountaintop. And sometimes we just give up and we quit because we face rejection. But you have to understand that it's just temporary. That God wants to get you there. And people want to believe in you, but God believes in you. Because he put that purpose in your heart. And he wants you to win. He wants to take you to the mountaintop. But you will face rejection. Instead of living in the rejection, embrace the rejection. And say, you know what? This is going to make me work harder. This is going to make me get through this valley. This is going to make me go to where God has called me to go. Even Jesus was rejected by his own people. He went to his hometown to preach. God said, you're the son of man. You're going to die on the cross. You're going to be the king of all kings. And Jesus was rejected by his own people. John 1.11, it says this, he came to his own people and even they rejected him. They even rejected him. We must use our rejection to motivate our mindset towards our purpose. Don't let rejection from the world keep you from where God has you going. He wants to get you there. John 15, 18, if the world hates you, you know it hated me before it hated you. He's talking to us. 
They might reject your dream. And you might be feeling like you're in a valley and you can't do it anymore. And it might even be from your own family. But this is what it says in Psalms 27.10. For my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. And if the Lord put the dream in your heart, he will get you to the mountaintop. Church, where are we at today? Come on, if you believe that. Where are my rejects at? You might be rejected by man, but you're accepted by God. Come on. He wants to get you there. Don't let your rejection defeat you. If God put that dream in your heart, he will get you there. You know how you, you, know how you face rejection. You know how you uh, get, overcome it? Through worship. When you feel rejected by man, you need to turn your worship towards God and say, you know what? They might hate on me, but I know you don't. Because you love me no matter what. You sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sin. And even though they reject me, you accept me. And that's how you overcome. When you worship in the valley, God can trust you on the mountaintop because he knows you'll worship him on the mountaintop. See, we need to be able to worship in our valley so when we get to the mountaintop, we can worship. Most people, what they do is they get to the mountaintop. They forget who got them there, which is God. They forget that God took you out of the pit. That his hand was there. When everyone else rejected you, he was there. So if you find yourself in a valley, you need to worship through it. You need to come in here and lift your hand and say, you know what? I might find myself in the valley and I might be rejected and my dream seems crazy to other people. But I know this, that God is in control and I will worship him. And my worship will not be affected by my circumstance, but I will worship him no matter what. Psalms 34 says this, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak of his praises. See, you have to believe that today. Because if not, most of us, we will sit in the valley and we're stuck there because of what one person said about our dream. If Joseph decided to stay in that pit, he would have never became second in command to Egypt. If you read the story, he becomes second in command to Egypt and his brothers bow down to him. If he stayed in the pit, he would never experience that. He'd gone through slavery like 10 to 15 years he gone through that but he knew one thing that if my God is for us who can be against us and Romans 8, 8 31 says what shall we say about such wonderful things as these if our God is for us who can ever be against us see God is for you today God wants you to win today God wants you to get to the mountaintop worship through it number two is as I walk through the valley you must understand there is no shortcuts there is no shortcuts See, most of us spend all of our energy on trying to figure out a shortcut that we miss out on the promise that God has for us. And I think we do this because we compare ourselves to other people. Well, how did they get there? How did they go to there? And what happens is we're over here trying to get there, and God says, stay on path. Don't get out of line. Trust in me. I will get you there in my time. I'm a rapper in here. See, I, I'll get you there in my time. Don't get out of line. And sometimes we step out of line trying to get a shortcut, and then we see someone else succeeding. We're like, man, God, you're not here. Where are you, God? I'm stuck in the valley. And God's saying, no, get back in line. Trust me. God's saying, no, get back in line. Trust me. Get back in line. There are no shortcuts. God wants to mold you. He wants to prepare you for what he's called you to do. Don't skip the process. Most people skip the process. James 1, 2 through 4 says, consider it a sheer gift when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work 
So you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. See, this even happened to Jesus. 30 years of promise for three years of purpose. 30 years of promise for three years of purpose. Don't you think he's like, what's going on? I got to wait 30 years, God? You sent me. He's saying, no, trust my plan. Trust, I'm trying to build you. I'm trying to build your character so when you get to the mountaintop, you'll be prepared. The temptation is always to accelerate our dream before our time. It's always to try to get there quick. It's always try to figure out a shortcut, but God says, no shortcuts, trust me. No shortcuts, trust in me. Stay in line. Most people quit because they want to get there faster. I'm here to encourage you today that God wants to get you there, that don't give up. Stay the course. Stay the course. Because James 1.12 says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Hebrews 10.36 says, for you have the need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. He's building you up. He's building you up. Wait on his timing. 1 Peter 5.6 says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. At the right time, he will lift you up in honor. At the right time, he lift you up. Most people look for shortcuts because we see other people succeeding, right? Psalms 37.7 says, surrender yourself to the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not be preoccupied with an evildoer who succeeds in his way when he carries out his schemes. So when people are succeeding, understand that God has you on your journey for a reason. He's placed you there for a reason. He has you at that job for a reason. He has you in that marriage for a reason. I think most of us, what we do, including myself, I do this sometimes, is we like the concept over the commitment. I love the concept of a dog, right? My sister just got a dog, and it's named Saints, little puppy. It's so cute. I get to hug it. You know, I get to play with it. But you know what happens afterwards? I get to give it back to her. She gets to clean up the poop. She gets to clean up the pee because I ain't committed to that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I want to deal with that. And I think most of us, we like the idea of success, but we don't want to commit to where God has us right now. We like the idea of the mountaintop, but we don't understand that most people who've gotten to the mountaintop have experienced some sacrifice. They've gone through a valley. So don't compare yourself to other people when they're winning. You have your own journey, and God has put you there for a reason. He wants you to win. But you can't take a shortcut. you got to trust his will. you got to trust his plan. He will get you there in due season. You will reap a harvest. Number three is as I walk through the valley, I must understand that it is not over. As I walk through the valley, I must understand that it is not over. I don't care how old you are in this place today. It is not over for your dream. See, what happens is, is the longer we're in the valley, the longer we're here, the harder it is to believe that we'll get to the mountaintop. Some of us, we have left our dream on the floor and we think our dream is dead. But I'm here to tell you that it is not over and that your dream is alive. You just need to pick it up today because you are created for the mountaintop. And Jesus wants to get you there. But you need to choose to get through the valley and understand that it is not over. 
See, it is not over. It is not over for your dream. It is not over for the purpose that God has put in your life. If you are breathing today, you have a purpose. If you're breathing today, it is not over. See, for me, I've been going through, not me personally, but my family has been going through a valley. My dad is 54 years old, and his dream is to be a teacher. And these past couple of years, he's been a substitute. And he hasn't been getting a full paycheck. And he comes home every day and tells my mom, says, I feel like a failure. I feel like I'm not good enough. I'm 54 years old. I'm stuck here. I, keep, I, I can't get out of this because they require you to take a test to become a full-time teacher. And he goes, I, I, I keep failing the test. The past two years, he's kept coming home and he's telling my mom, I keep, I keep failing the test. I feel like a failure. I feel like I'm not good enough. I'm stuck here. But the one thing that my dad would always do is he would get on his hands and knees and pray to God and say, God, help me through this valley. God, help me get here so he would pray but he would still go to school feel like a failure he would still go and feel like I'm not good enough he would still go and say I can't do this he failed the test he failed the test he failed the test and then Saturday this Saturday came and I got a call I was in Atlanta my dad just starts weeping and he goes son I passed the test See, I'm here to tell you here today that it is not over. And you might feel like you're in a valley, but God wants to get you to the mountaintop. Church, where we at, it is not over for you. I don't care how old you are. I don't care where you come from or where you were raised. God has a purpose for you. Come on, church, where you at? If you believe that, that it is not over, come on, you got to give a shout of praise in this place. It is not over. It's not over. Today is the day to pick up your dream, put it on your back, and start heading up the mountain. Come on, somebody. Today is the day to make your dream come alive again and pick it up and start heading. It may not be easy, but God is in control. God will get you there and take one step at a time. Take one step at a time. Get on your hands and knees before the Lord and say, you know what, God, I can't do this today, but I trust you. I trust your promise. I might be in a pit today, but tomorrow I'm going to get to the mountaintop because the valley is only a setup for the mountaintop. Some people need to put their dream on their back today because it is not over. It is not over. It is not over. It's not over. God's going to get you there. I love this verse. I'll leave you with this. It's James. It says, no, Luke, sorry, Luke 137, for every promise from God shall surely come true. The question for you today is, you do, do you believe that? I do. I believe you can too. It's time to pick it up. Because what God said he would do, he is going to do. He is going to do. Bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're in here today, and maybe you feel like 
you've been in a valley. Maybe you feel like I've been stuck here. Came to tell you it's not over. The power of God can be inside of you to reach the mountaintop. So if you're in here today, I just want to pray for you. If you're in here saying, you know what, I've been in a valley and today I'm picking up my dream. I just want you to stand up with every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in here today and you're saying, no, I'm going to pick up my dream today. Come on, see you. I'm going to pick up my dream today. I, 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 no more. I'm going to go and start walking through the valley to the, to the mountaintop God's created me for. If that's you, just stand up. I see you. If that's just you, I just want to pray for you. I just want to pray for you because I do believe it is not over. Today's the day to pick up your dream and start heading to the mountaintop. I'm going to pray for you. God, we come to you. We thank you for everything you have given us. We are picking up our dream and our purpose that you have given us today. I pray for everyone who is standing in this room who said, I'm going to pick up my dream today, that they take the strength that they have gained and they know that it is not over and they start working towards their dream. They start running after it. They put it back on. Their dream has come alive again here today. We thank you for sending us Jesus and giving us the power to bring things back to life because of his resurrection. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said. Can someone give a shout of praise in the house of God? Where you at, church? It's not over. It's not over. It's not. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not over. Come on. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not over.